Welcome to the Justin News Podcast. Holy shit. Guys, the interview you're about to hear, I'm not kidding. It's pretty wild. My guest, very funny comedian, Noel Kassler, tells me about his time working with Donald Trump and his family on The Apprentice and what he says uh, that he witnessed from the President of the United States, which included, get this, constant drug use, uh, the use of racial slurs, uh, apparently how he reached his small Krispy Kreme donut hands inside the mouths of models, more locker room talk uh, that went on despite the fact that Billy Bush was nowhere in sight or maybe possibly hiding in the bushes with Sean Spicer. I don't know. He also tells me uh, that, <laughs> get this, if there was such thing as a Trump family empire that Ivanka, Ivanka, would be the Darth Vader. I feel like that's actually kind of high praise, except for the fact that it's like the Trump family, so it's sort of like it's sort of like saying like you're the first one in your family to graduate from clown college. Uh, but really interesting stuff. Oh, oh, and he talks about. I asked him about uh, who is smarter, Don Jr. or Eric, and I don't want to give it away. Uh, but he does say that uh, even the Dalai Lama would want to punch Don Jr. in the face. Incredible stuff from Noel Kassler. Uh, he is a very funny guy and uh, does not hold back talking about his time working on The Apprentice, working closely with Trump and his family. And um, Oh, we also talk about uh, his uh, viral tweet, which related climate change to the P-tape. So there you go, guys. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy the, the interview. Uh, please, when you get a chance, subscribe, write a review, tell me what you thought about it, retweet this. Uh, yeah, spread the word. Get it out there. Get a, uh, get a Roger Stone-like tattoo of, of my face on your back. I dare you. Justin News Podcast. My name is Justin Cross, and today my guest, he is a man who has worked closely with the President of the United States and his family on the show The Apprentice. Uh, he is a comedian who has gone viral in the world of stand-up, in the world of Twitter. Uh, he himself is a worldwide pandemic. That's how viral he's gone. Noel Kassler, thanks for being my guest. Hey, Justin. Happy to be here, man. Uh, you, like I mentioned, you have, uh, you have gone viral recently with a, a, a tweet, um, as well as your standup. But, um, uh, the way I found out about you was actually, uh, my brother sent me a text message with your climate change tweet. Uh, and I thought it was hilarious. And I just want to, before I, before I ask you about that, I, I do want to just read that and put in some context for you, but, or put it in context for, for the listeners, but the, the tweet. Uh, goes climate change explained for Trump 
Warming oceans cause colder climates. It's like having a Russian prostitute, or two, peeing on your bed. Even though the pee is warm when it first hits your face, as it cools, it makes the bed colder and wet. Got it? That's, I mean, hilarious. Like, but did you know at the time, like, how it was going to how it was going to perform or, or, you know, how it was going to do, do online? I didn't, you know, I was just hoping my grandmother wouldn't see it. Um, <laughs> it was well constructed, you know, the start of the part about the, the, while the pee might be warm when it hits your face, I was particularly proud of that. <laughs> you know, I took the reader on a journey, you know, where you yeah. can't help but laugh because that image is now stuck in your head. Right. Um, and I have no, no doubt that's a real video that we're all going to hear about and see someday. You know, the Russians obviously have that on him. So it reminds people of that, who you're really dealing with. You know, the guy who's sending this tweet mocking climate change also most likely has compromise on him from the Russians. You know what I mean? He's, so it's just, I think it was the perfect storm of it actually was a funny tweet. It spoke to a truth that's outrageous. You know, that a time when the world desperately needs leadership, we got a guy who's outright mocking the destruction of our planet, you know? Yeah. So no, it's, that's why I think people responded to it the way they did. I, I it, it totally did. Uh, it, it, it was, it was, uh, I think you, like you said, it's, it's a language I think that he probably would understand um and i think you may be no you may be the only person who can change his mind on the subject um based on <laughs> i don't know if you realize how much power you have there but um that's funny it's, it's well i guarantee you he, he has no interest in changing his mind do you think so that would be admitting defeat do you do you think though i mean honestly do you think that he has read your tweet Oh, that's a great question. I don't know. You know, I feel like I feel like he probably would have blocked me if he read it. Yeah. You know, I think he he I definitely think he probably heard about the video because they had to ask Sarah Sanders, and I know we're going to get to that in a little bit. Oh, I'm sure yeah. he heard about that. I wonder if he read the tweet. I, I kind of like want him to block me just as a point of pride. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm jealous when I see people get blocked by him. <laughs> you know, he read it. But uh, that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, let me ask you. I don't know. Yeah. Let me ask you about like you know the Trumps very well. It sounds like, or, or you know them certainly better than than most. Tell us a little bit about the the relationship that you have with the Trump family and with Donald himself. Well, it's not like I keep in touch with them anymore, you know, <laughs> but I, I'm from New York. I grew up in New York, you know, I grew up in the 80s. I went to high school and, you know, I've been here since 1984. I've lived in Manhattan since 1994. I grew up in Westchester outside of the city. So Trump was a fixer in public life if you grew up in New York. And he was always a joke, you know, he was just like this buffoon who represented bad taste. You know, mm -hmm. that he put his fate, you know, he put his name on the side of buildings there used to be a thing in New York, and it kind of still exists, but if you had a fancy building, it was a co-op building. I mean, you, you had to sit down with the other board members and tell them where you went to college and this and that. And they wanted to see that you were an upstanding person, you know. Trump built these hideous buildings that he hired, you know, non-union workers to tear down the old building in the middle of the night, put up these buildings. And if you had the cash, you were moving into that building. So, mm -hmm. you know, Trump Tower and all this stuff, they ended up being poker dens and, and brothels and all this kind of stuff, you know? So he's just this seedy, cheesy guy. We all know what happened with the casinos, you know? We all know what happened with the Trump stakes and Trump airlines. And the guy was a disaster, you know? He was just a, and he was a punchline. And he'd been a punchline in New York for the 80s and 90s. 
Um, and he was a punchline up until, you know, the correspondence dinner when, when Seth Meyers famously made fun of him and you could see him grimace, you know, and be like, I am going to get revenge. Yeah. And he was a punchline when The Apprentice came on. And the first part of The Apprentice, I did, I came in when they had the celebrity apprentice. It used to just be The Apprentice, you know, and it was this contest where he'd have people come in and they'd do these things to compete for a job with Trump Organization, which doesn't exist because there's like 12 people that work for Trump Organization, you know? <laughs> it's <laughs> and it was it's basically a basketball too. team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's a fucking small thing, you know? Right. My girlfriend works in real estate. She used to do business with him all the time, and he's a Lothario, you know? He, mm-hmm. He'd hit on any woman that walks in the room, you know? He used to hit on her and ask her to be on The Apprentice and all this stuff, you know, before it was a celebrity thing. So when The Celebrity Apprentice came around, I actually watched it just because I believe it was on Sunday night and I didn't have cable in my apartment at the time. So it was just like on and it was bad TV and it was really funny, you know, just because you were laughing at this buffoon. Like the contests were like, call up, you take these celebrities, you'd be like, call up all your rich friends and have them donate money to my charity. (laughs) (laughs) How it broke down, you know, and then the winner could pitch the money that they would get for their charity. And he would be like, and I'm going to back it with a check of my own, which never happened. NBC had to write those checks. You know what I mean? Trump doesn't have an altruistic bone in his body. He he spent the charity money on a big portrait of himself at (laughs) Mar-a-Lago. You know, he, he can't, or nor can any member of his family sit on the board of a charity in New York now, as I'm sure you know, yep. per the attorney general. So <laughs> it was a, it was a joke. And uh, I was watching it. I've worked in live TV since 1993. You know, so any live television show, I deal with the talent on. This is the first year I'm not doing the Super Bowl. I've done the halftime show for the last 12 Super Bowls. And I do the Grammys and all that kind of stuff. Any big live show. So, and I'm, I'm focusing on stand-up now. I just got so busy that I, I had to back away from that world. And uh, I'll get to part of the reason I backed away in a minute. But, so I'm watching this show. The finale was coming up. That's sort of my wheelhouse, you know. So I got offered the job. They shot the first finale at Rockefeller Center. And I'd been watching the thing, and I'd been seeing this Amarosa character. And I'm like, I got to see if this is a real person, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So somebody asked me if I wanted to come handle talent logistics for the finale, and I said, sure. I got to see this Amarosa person. I just, I got to see if she's really, really I, like this in person. I just, you know? sorry, I, I just got to jump in here, Noel, because I, I, for for somebody like yourself who's worked in TV and I imagine reality TV and, and things like that for a long time. So for you to be like, holy shit, I got to go and see if this person's real. Right. No, and I've worked with Michael Jackson, Madonna, you name it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've done, I've done presidential inaugurations. I've done real highbrow stuff, real lowbrow stuff. I had to see this. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just like, I got to see this. And they were going to do the finale. We shot it in 8H, which is the SNL studio. And then there was going to be a big party on the Rock, at the Rockefeller Center rink afterwards. So I'm like, I just got to see this, you know. I got to see if Amarosa's real. She is. There's a Mama Rosa. <laughs> She's a mom there, you know. Wow. Who's just as, like, demanding. And and it was crazy. You know, I got there, and I was like, wow, this is nuts. You know, yeah. but it was a pretty easy gig, a day in, a day out. That's when I first observed Trump's behavior, which he was notorious for in New York, which was, you know, the first time I came in contact him was on a VMAs in the 90s, you know, and I happened to be standing next to a cop who was on his private security detail years earlier and would spend nights at nightclubs with Trump hitting on models, you know, and mm-hmm. I've, I've been on shows where he'd sit in the back of a limo doing lines with a bunch of models and you couldn't get his limo to pull out of the, the driveway and stuff like that. So I saw that. I saw on the show his predilection for stimulants, 
you know? And yeah. I saw how he couldn't read. I saw how they'd put a cue card in front of him. If the word had more than three syllables, he'd be like, get that word off of there. And he'd fucking walk off in a rage. <laughs> and, off. and it's just like, this guy can't even read, you know? Yeah. They're selling him to the public like he's this billionaire. He's just completely incompetent. He would pick not the person that was doing well on the show, just like whoever happened to, you know, take his, like he agreed with sort of on a political level. You know what I mean? Right. A good example of that is like one season, I think it was, it was 2012. We were, we, we moved around at that point. We were shooting at downtown by NYU and he had to choose between Brett Michaels and, uh, Rodney Pete, Heather, <laughs> Holly Robinson, Pete, right? Those were the two finalists. One is a really accomplished black actor, yeah. businesswoman, you know, really kind of classy, intelligent person the other one sang for a band called poison in the 80s and was recovering from a brain aneurysm he's a nice guy i'm not trying to diss on him i'm just saying we had to have an emt crew on the side of the set in case this guy went into cardiac arrest and was filming the finale you know yeah (laughs) who does trump pick does he pick you know the accomplished black woman no he picks that guy right you know right the winner you know (laughs) but uh so it's just like there was no rhyme or reason. It wasn't based on merit. It was based on his proclivities and his, you know, his, he, he wants white men to rule the world, you know, and women yeah. are objects of, of desire to him, you know. Mm-hmm. He would come into the truck and be like, get a close up on her tits. Right. No, not that one. The one with the big tits. Right, right. And, and I don't know if you've seen my stand up, but all that stuff is true about the, the Miss Universe pageants. He would line them up and inspect them like they were pieces of meat. They literally had to put a stop down in the production schedule. A stop da- a production schedule is like nine in the morning. You have ESU. The cameras come in. You have all these things throughout the day. It's very regimented because it costs a lot of money to shoot something. They yeah. had to put a forty-five minute stop down. Trump inspects the contestants. Literally. Wow. Like, and the women are sitting what around. What was he outraged, doing? But it, it, like, how was he inspecting he's checking them? Checking their teeth. He'd, he'd stick their his fingers in their mouth, and oh. you know look at them like they were horses and he'd look at their asses and, you know what i mean he'd just be like yeah you're good you you and you and he'd pick out his favorites and try to get him to come to his room you know so he could pick a winner was it just and his... the winner was always the girl that looked like ivanka right. you know and that's the joke i have in my stand-up yeah, you know? yeah that's <laughs> weird <laughs> wife daughter yeah. I, I imagine with oh, yeah. the size of his hands he was able to get the fingers pretty far in the mouth but that's just a that's just a side note um that's funny. By the way, I'm just glad he wasn't sticking those things in my mouth. You know? <laughs> and and folks should check out the whole bit. It's 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 on your it's on your Twitter profile at uh, Castler Null. Um, yeah. To, if, if, and if on my so YouTube far. page too, there's a page Null Castler. You can see all the secrets that I spill in there if you want to hear more about this. It, it's pretty ugly. It's got, know, yeah. It's pretty ugly. That's why he has NDAs on everybody who works with him. And I just got to the point where I was like, you know what? It's, this is not a joke anymore. It's one thing when you're just a billionaire like idiot in New York. If he had stayed in his lane, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's one thing. But when he becomes president and he cons all these people that are supporting him, it's like you think a guy who sits on a gold toilet is really going to look out for the working man? <laughs> <laughs> what part of that do you think he's really going to hook you up? Right. You know, it's the same thing with Trump University. He's going to teach you to become a millionaire, you know, a billionaire yeah. or something. You yeah. Know? And he's not a billionaire. NBC was the biggest paycheck that guy had in 10 years. He was mm-hmm. practically broke. 
when that thing went on the air. And that's why he'd have the whole family down. That's why everybody on the fa- in the family got a part on the show because it was a paycheck. Right. You know, they were like, come on, kids, get on down here. They got crap service. <laughs> People asked me what they were like. It was like they were filling their pockets with the freaking, you know, with the free, you know, cliff bars that they had at the thing. You know, it was just like any way they could grift and squeeze a dime out of the situation, they were. We- and as the show progressed, I did like six seasons. I, I had to take care of the Trump family. And Ivanka became my main charge so to speak Ivanka and Jared and I started handling her like I think even before they were married I think they got married between one of the two seasons mm-hmm. and she was the only one who got a trailer she got this massive trailer I mean it was like a double wide super long trailer I think she had a sweat shop in the back of it or something <laughs> Just- <laughs> but she would have a glam squad you know I'd be like yeah. she's not even on the show and she would have 15 support people and she'd show up four hours early to get in hair and makeup to walk out and stand next to her father, you know? Was, they always make her out, along with Jared, as, like, the calming force in the White House, right? Like, they, they're the ones that are, like, will normalize the president. Did you see right. any of that in your experience with them? She's, I'll say this. I mean, he was just like a little princeling, you know what I mean? I don't think he said two words in the, you know, five seasons I spent around him or whatever. He, he's, his voice is like a frog. It's like a high-pitched frog, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's very he's, incongruous. He's, he's like that soccer player, right? You know the guy with all the tats who's all good looking. Then he talks, and you're like, dude, that voice does not match. You know. <laughs> so he's he's the opposite he, voice of like you know when they're trying to blur out somebody's voice so they don't get recognized. Like he's the opposite right, of exactly. that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like some kind of phase issues are going along and right. going wrong in his vocal cords or something. You know. <laughs> he he was polite and nice. Um, he's, I'll tell you the deal with her. She's the brains of the operation. She's the one pulling the strings. If, if it's an evil empire, she's Darth Vader. Oh, you know really? what I mean? She's a lot smarter than her dad. She knows how to manipulate her dad. If you've seen any of those pictures, she's been manipulating him sexually since she was, a, you know, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. You see the pictures of her sitting on his lap and all that. She knows he lusts after him or after her. Like, and she works that. You know what I mean? Most people wouldn't want to make that public. You know, they'd be like, you, yeah. my dad wants to bang me. That's gross. Right. You know, <laughs> right. she uses it to manipulate him, you know, and that's why she married a guy who's like him. He's a scion of a wealthy real estate family that was basically slumlord. Trump's dad was a slumlord. Mm-hmm. Kushner's dad was a slumlord. You know, they both got trust funds and a lot of money. They're both ruthless, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's a calming influence at all. He's in over his head. You know, he, yeah. he, he's arrogant. You know, he's a 35-year-old. He's going to bring Mitty's peace or something. You know, he's, <laughs> they're all so out of their depth. You couldn't profoundly be more out of your depth. But it's like there's, there's this blessing of ignorance that you don't realize how inexperienced you are. Yeah. You know, and, and you take the job anyway. Like Trump, for example, that guy has such a criminal past. I mean, he's been a criminal his whole life, basically. You know, he's laundering money. He's doing all these ridiculous things. Why would you take a job as president of the United States? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like you've got a suitcase full of cocaine and you're about to go through like airport security. Right. You know? <laughs> Why would you do it? And then you, you double know? down like, and uh, start right. doing the you're cocaine in the TSA line. <laughs> right, exactly. Bingo. No, and that's well there we go. So Do you do you he got elected. You, I'm sorry. Well no, I was just gonna ask because I mean like you have all these personal experiences with the family, but like regardless of them, you seem like a guy who is 
politically active and progressive uh regardless of of you know your time and it just so happens that you you happen to work with him like did you I guess, did you plan to move in the direction of comedy, say political comedy, without Trump? Or, or was he kind of the impetus that, that led you into this? He was 100% the impetus, impetus, and it happened by accident. You know, I am politically active. I've been involved with progressive politics sort of my whole life, more as an artist than an activist, but I've always been drawn towards artists that were very progressive and politically active. My career started here in New York when I was 17. I snuck into Jackson Brown's dressing room at Radio City and impressed him with a paper I'd written on American imperialism in Central America, because that was what was going on at the time. You know, like, I ran Contra, all that how, stuff. How old, were you, go, how old were you when you 17. did this? 17. 17. 1988, probably. I, I was trying weed. Like, that's what I was doing when I was 17. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, hey, I was, that's impressive. Uh, hey, brother, I was smoking a lot of weed, too. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get it twisted. But I also knew the cocaine was coming in from the CIA and stuff, you yeah, know? yeah. But, uh, and I sort of tried to break that knowledge down to, to my classmates. Like, hey, when you see Ollie North on TV, this is what's really going on. You know, because I grew up an hour, an hour outside of the city where the same people I went to high school with all voted for Trump. The really? same guys that, like, don't really look at the big picture and they take this jingoistic, waving the flag kind of thing, you know, and they're sort of, they're racist, but not in an overtly racist way. They just don't know how they've inherited this southern, this subtle racism of, you know, like, I'm not paying for that. Why should I be paying for somebody who doesn't want to work? It's BS. You know what I mean? Nobody yeah. gets a free ride in this country. Anyone who's achieved something has gotten a leg up somehow. Even if you're just born white, you're obviously better off than, than, than most of the people in this country. That's not right, you know? But yeah. he appealed to those guys that didn't look at the thing deeply they all went for Trump. I got into these battles on Facebook with them. They all know I'm a liberal. I worked on both of Obama's inaugurations. You know, I worked with Springsteen. I worked with a lot. You know, I was there at all these big Democratic liberal moments. I think they were sitting there stewing when all that was happening for eight years, and now it was their big party. Mm-hmm. You know, here is they're coming out for this big guy. And I tried to say, look, I don't even mind if you're conservative. I get that, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with it necessarily, but I get being conservative. This guy is playing you. Okay. This guy was a Democrat 15 years ago. He cares about himself. He is going to sell you down the river and he is going to bilk you for every dime you're worth. And you're going to end up with a broken economy and a destroyed environment and whatever. Right. Yeah. So I was speaking out sort of on Facebook in angry ways and then I just got out of the whole mix. But somebody who worked with me on Obama's inauguration contacted me in the fall of 16 and they were like, hey, would you speak out? And do a video for Hillary's campaign and talk about this stuff you know. Because I started telling people online, I'm like, he's a speed freak. If you look at his behavior, that's drug addiction. You know, it's belligerence, it's self-centeredness, it's anger. When I look at him, because I've seen him up close, I see what's going on. He's just thinking about himself. He's doing rails all night. That's why he's tweeting at four in the morning. Right. You know what I mean? That's why he can't get to work before noon. He doesn't get downstairs before noon in the White House. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so, and he's saying the caravans are lazy invaders. Yeah. You know? So, like, I, that's not an invasion. That's was, hungry women and children looking <laughs> for work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no. So, you're, so you're, I, I just want to, like, like, so you, I know you're experience. so, like, you think he's up doing drugs, and that's, that's, that's what, that's what's causing all this, huh? Well, he's, he'd be a lunatic without the drugs, but yeah, he's been a speed freak since the 80s, yeah. one form or another. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's what's causing this. That's what his self-centered rage is all about. Mm-hmm. You know, like, 
you don't sit there and watch TV and tweet all day in a rage unless you're you're addled by something. And he's right. clearly addled by something. Wow. That's why he's sniffing all the time. Right. That's why my thing went viral when I put it out there. Yeah. But let me back up. So I somebody approached me to do a video in Hillary's campaign in 16. I didn't do it because word was out. They were going to sue everybody who worked on The Apprentice if they spoke out. And there's tapes of him saying the N-word. He's openly racist. You know, if you see those shots of him in the helicopter and flying around and stuff, he was wearing mics for all that stuff. He'd look out at Queens and be like, look at all those sticks, Puerto Rican, N-word. You know, he, he, Holy just, shit. he talks like a, a 80-year-old racist. You, yeah. know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. He's like, you're like, yeah. dude, we don't say that word. He used that word more than freaking Easy e did in the first <laughs> NWAL. You know what Holy I mean? Shit. Like, the dude is, like, ridiculous with that stuff, and everyone knew it. Wow. Everybody knows it. You know, oh. it's a cover up. It's a scam, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't say anything about it. He won. And my advice, people were like, he's not going to win anyway. Look what he just did with the Access Hollywood tape. You know, mm -hmm. he sunk, you know. So I didn't say anything. He won. I sat there stewing for a year like everybody else and raging and watching CNN and just like, God. And then yeah. I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to start doing stand up and tell people about this. Mm -hmm. You know, Do you if they come after me, I'll say it's a joke, but it's not a joke. And everyone knows it. And that's why it went viral. Bit so, about me yeah. talking about him doing Adderall got like two million views in the first three days. It's crazy. Because people are like, ah, I get it now. It makes sense. And that's what I want people to know. That's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a guy who's high, who's only, he's a narcissist. He's got all kinds of other things. He's functionally illiterate. He doesn't read. He can't read. You know, he's got, he's dyslexic or something, you know. But that's what he's doing. That's what the, his doctor was about on the Upper East Side. The first thing he did oh, the night after he got elected, yeah. in November when he got elected, he sent his goons into that, that guy's five blocks, from, well, I don't want to say where I live, that guy's on the Upper East Side, right? Yeah. The next morning, Trump sent his main bodyguard guy, Keith Schiller, and some other goons into that guy's office. They pushed him aside. They grabbed all the medical records and walked out, and all the photographs of Trump, because that was his doctor feel good. You what? know, that's the guy who had been giving him his scripts. They weren't doing that to cover up his LDL levels. You know what I mean? Right. They were doing it to show that you had, you know. Was that the doctor, like Doctor Bornstein, the, like the guy who, yeah, yeah. The, the guy, the guy who looked like, like the, the dude thing you're gonna, from. Right. The guy looks like the last thing you're going to see when the lotion comes down on the basket. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that guy is not, you know, into your holistic thing. He writes scripts for pills. I, I you know, I live on the Upper East Side. You know, I yeah. know people have gotten scripts for him. He's the guy you go to if you need some Xanax or you need Adderall. And that's what Trump's on, Adderall. That's the big drug. Holy you know, shit. It's an easy stimulant to use, you know? God, so, like, everything's fake about that guy. Even his doctor is like Dr. Nick from The Simpsons, basically. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. that he dictated the letter that that guy admitted that Keith, you know, or that Trump's bodyguards came in and took all the records a year later. It's in the New York Times. He admitted it. He said he felt violated, you know? Right. And I always wanted to say, how do you think the girls felt on the yeah. you know, on the beauty pageant? Right. But he admitted that it happened, right? Mm -hmm. And he admitted he's the guy that dictated the thing. If Trump gets elected president, he'll be the healthiest physical specimen to ever hold office. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, Roosevelt was in better shape than Trump. I was going to say. Know what I mean? <laughs> Sean Spicer sat there and go, "Really? Like, come on, dude. Right? Come on. Right? Where's your it's credibility like, and at?" Exactly. And they found a doctor feel good when they got there. Ronnie Jackson. You don't think Ronnie Jackson was hooking him up, you know, when yeah. he got there? The guy who got fired for going up and down the, you know, Air Force One and handing out out of van to everybody, you mm -hmm. know? Wow. 
Yeah. So, That's you know, cool. and and I got more details than that. You know, I know this stuff to be true. My point is I'm not trying to prove it. I'll let other people make that case if they want to make it. I don't think his people care. I don't think anybody would care at this point. But I want people to know this sounds funny, but that's what you're dealing with. You know, you're dealing with a, a, a raging lunatic, you know, speed freak who's mm-hmm. got his finger on the nuclear button, you know. And once that thing went viral, everyone watches all of his things. You see him sniffing all the time because right. that's when he cuts it up and sniffs it the most when he's got it speak in public because he knows he can't really read well and he gets nervous. So you know? folks out there listening to this, next Tuesday's State of the Union, just look for the fact, look, look for the sniffing. Look for the... Uh, exactly. Yeah. What, what about, um, a couple other more questions for you. I'm just curious, like what, what was like the craziest story you have from working on The Apprentice with, with the Trump family? That's a good question, you know. Today's podcast is brought to you by the border wall. I'm going to put all the other walls to shame. Berlin Wall, thank you. Next, Great Wall of China, might as well be a long box of tissues. The wall in the Lord of the Rings movies, there was a wall in those, right? Eh, doesn't matter. Border wall will crush them all. Trust me, it's going to be huge. <laughs> you would have people there that you would not expect to see at an after party at a celebrity event. I mean, really gnarly stuff. Really gnarly people, you know, and it feeds into that whole drug world that he's in. And he would walk around even then like he was president. He'd come into the after party at the Museum of Natural History with like four security guards around him. You know, like, (laughs) who's going to attack you? You know, Gary (laughs) Ducey's not going to try to get your autograph. You know what I mean? Joan Rivers is not going to bum rush you, bro. We've been shooting a show here all day. You know, we're in a museum that we just rented. There's nobody here. You know, but he would always walk around like he was president and stuff. And we would just laugh at the guy. Yeah. You know, because he was just, just, uh, you know, an idiot. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the best way to describe him. He's just an idiot. You know, mm-hmm. you just meet him and you're like, man, that guy is just vapid, you know, and he's proudly so. Don Jr. is like, you know, I, I'd see those kids. I'd be like, why couldn't they turn out like the Menendez brother? <laughs> I was going to ask. Literally. Who's who's the yeah. smarter one, Eric or Don Jr.? You know what? Probably Eric. And people think Eric's the, the dumber one. But he keeps his he keeps his sort of nose to the ground a little more, you know. He kind of yeah. keeps his mouth shut, stays out of the, the limelight. Mm-hmm. I, I if the Dalai Lama met Don Jr., he'd be like, man, I want to punch that guy. <laughs> There's just something about him, you know. You just look, he's got his nose in the air. He's extremely racist, you know. Mm-hmm. We would have African American women, black girls that that escorted him, and then they'd see him later in the year at the U.S. Open or something, and they'd be in an elevator with him. He wouldn't acknowledge their presence. You know, he'd be like, hey, they'd be like, hey, Don, we worked with you earlier this year, this, eh, whatever. He wouldn't even look at him. He walks around with his nose in the air, you know. Right. He shoots elephants for fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What kind of human being does shit like that? Right. You know what I mean? Like, and just thinks, talk about entitled. You know, that kid is the epitome of entitled. And we're obviously, he's going to get busted. You know, we thought the indictment was coming today. It's coming. Yeah. You know, and, and. And I'm trying to, I guess I'm not being very funny here. You know, if you come see me do stand-up, I promise I make it all jokes and joyful communication. But it's not funny. 
And that's why I decided to be funny because I knew it was a skill that worked for me. I don't feel like, you know, I've worked with Jackson Brown and Springsteen and Crosby, Stills and Nash and I've written songs and I've been involved in that. I feel like this time we're in now, it's jokes that are going to get the job done because it moves too fast. By the time you write a song about Kavanaugh confirmation and put it out, there's already 10 other scandals that have happened in the two weeks, you know? Right. It's jokes. It's got, you got to go after them on a daily basis and say, no, look, here's what's really going on. This right. is what's really happening. This is what's at stake. You know, Joshua Tree National Park is not going to recover for 300 years because mm-hmm. this guy shut down the government for five weeks, and he's doing it again in two weeks. He just said so. He doesn't care about these people. He doesn't care about anybody but himself. He's there to grift, to steal as much as he can, and he thinks he's going to walk away scot-free because that's what he's done his whole life. And he va- Mary, he very well may, but his kids won't. Those people around him won't. Do you think that so. you will continue doing stand-up after after right. it's almost hard to picture a world like when he actually leaves like I'm, I'm scared to even say that but when he is not president any longer and and not tweeting like a madman will you be doing will you be doing absolutely. jokes absolutely because i love being funny i did a lot of comedic acting when I, I went to the american academy of dramatic arts you know 25 years ago and being funny is, is how i've coped with life my whole life since i was a little kid i love making people laugh i love that joyful communication it's my career now i'll happily do comedy i won't be doing the trump jokes i'll be so happy the day i don't have to do them and that's why i still make my sets half observational just my life and then i do the trump stuff in the second half of my sets Mm -hmm. because it it's exhausting none of us want to have to talk about him or look at him i think when this all ends there's going to be a national like we're not saying that name and we're not looking at that image for a couple of years and then mm. we'll unpack it all for the ages you know yeah. and start doing the you know post-mortem but we're, we're ODing on a narcissist and that's what he wants he doesn't care if the news is good or bad he just wants to see us to have to look at that that puffy orange face every day you know <laughs> what I mean and that comb over I've seen that hair that thing is ridiculous yeah I've seen that when he's you know that's that if people saw what he really looked like like if you saw him get out of the shower you wouldn't let your children within 50 feet of that guy. You know what I mean? If your kid was toddler, was walking towards that guy at Disneyland, you'd be like, no, come here, honey. We're going the other way. He's a, he's a psycho. I mean, look at him. He's a scary dude, you know? Yeah. Who is more, on that note, who is more orange, Donald Trump or Roger Stone? Donald Trump. Yeah. He's like the original. Donald Trump. I think Stone, yeah. Stone came out the other day. I feel like he's more tangerine. Trump is Trump. Yeah, is he's tangerine, and you know Stone has the nicer contrast with that silver hair, that yeah. kind of Nazi silver highlight <laughs> thing he's got going, and he's got that pointy bullet helmet yeah. head. Anyway, he looks yeah. like a bullet. I think he's like make my head look like a you know, you know, a, a Ruger's bullet or something. <laughs> you know, I, uh, and he's got a, you know he's got the Nixon tattoo on his back, uh, you know, which is just you know. I I tweeted that he looked like a, a bottle of Fanta. And then I think somebody somebody pointed out that uh, Fanta was actually invented in Nazi Germany. So um, oh my god, I know. Wow, I know. Sometimes 
sometimes that happens. Did you ever do that? You ever tweet something out and then you like somebody comments? You're like, whoa, holy shit! I didn't know that. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> I tweeted a tweet last night about like Trump is the fire festival of presidents because I just watched the fire festival <laughs> yeah. documentary. Yeah. And then somebody within two seconds had a picture of that guy who was willing to take one for the team, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. to get the water delivered. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, they had the meme ready to go. Yeah. You know, within three <laughs> seconds, that guy's face. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> you know? <laughs> the internet is brutal, man. Um, two, two more ones. Uh, do you expect any sort of pushback from, from you know, coming out like you are uh, in, in, you know, about your experiences on The Apprentice and, and knowing Trump and his family? Yes and no. I mean, I hope not, because um, it's truth, you know, and you got to sometimes go with the truth. And, you know, I'm not trying to be a hero, but I'm not trying to hide either. Yeah. You know, it's gone past the point that it's not about me. This is literally about the future of our country and our planet, yeah. you know. And I got a lot of online pushback, obviously, from his supporters. And I got a lot of people saying, nice to know this now. Would have been nice to know this during the election. Why didn't this asshole tell us then? First of all, how do you know I didn't? You didn't know who the hell I was then, you know? Yeah. And he told you who he was. He said he liked to grab women by the pussy. Yeah. Isn't that pretty much saying I'm the biggest douchebag who ever lived? Right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, he was telling you, and you voted for him anyway. Now you're mad at me that you didn't know he's a drug addict, you know? Right. He, but, he literally was like, I could go I, shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, and people right. were like, yeah, no. yeah, you could. <laughs> it's all in plain sight. The, the future generations are going to be like, how did you guys let this happen? He yeah. told you who he was. Yeah. He said it today. Yeah. He's sitting there t- just, just like demonizing people. You know, if somebody's willing to walk a thousand miles across a desert for a job, that's the kind of person you want to hire. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those yep. are the kind of people you want. You know, and he's demonizing them. And this is a guy who's never worked a day in his life. He couldn't walk 20 feet without a golf cart. You know, he's <laughs> literally so out of shape. He eats cheeseburgers all day long. You I know, s- he doesn't do he does not work. No. If you look at his public schedule this week, there's nothing on it. <laughs> he doesn't go to work. He's just sitting there stealing your money, tweeting, and keep and saying racist stuff. I almost, the wall. I, I almost like he that he doesn't work, though. I almost like that he doesn't work, though. Don't, wasn't it not, I, I feel like he's not playing enough golf lately. Like, it's, I just feel like he's oh, more... Oh, he's definitely not. Like, the less he does, oh, no. the better. Yeah, well, that is true. That's why he's going so psycho, because he backs himself into a corner and he couldn't leave the White House over the holidays. You know, Mar-a-Lago is his thing. I'm reading that book now, and it's wonderful, mm-hmm. the one about Mar-a-Lago. Mm-hmm. And that's his, that's his pride and joy. That's his place. You know, he gets to walk into this Louis XIV ballroom, you know, with $70,000 worth of gold on the ceiling and be the cock of the walk. And he gets away from all the book nerds around him. Not that there really are any at this point, you know? Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> The wonks. Yeah, no, he's psycho. Wonks. That's what he wants to do because he can do what he wants down there. Yeah. You know, I'm sure he's getting laid down there and all that stuff. You know, yeah. Melania, that's a, you know, <laughs> if you've ever been to Monaco or Monte Carlo, like, yeah. there's a million Melanias walking around. You know, they get mm-hmm. paid to hang out on oligarchs' yachts all day. And they may be beautiful, but their heart is steel. Yeah. And she would come to the shows, and I'm like, that's a Russian assassin. <laughs> you know really? what I mean? Like, she is scary Noel Castle you've been just an awesome guest and I appreciate your your openness with talking about all this and, and you're hilarious and people uh, listening to this check if, if you don't follow Noel it's at Castler Noel uh, on Twitter and then they can check out your YouTube uh, channel as well which like you mentioned two two million views um, on, on like the, the video you put out um, any anywhere else people can find you or anything else you want to tell people about 
Yeah, I'll be at the uh, Gotham Comedy Club in New York City on February 15th at 7 p.m. That's a Friday night. And I'll be at Caroline's in New York City on February 25th. That's a Monday night at 7 p.m. So you can come check me out live. And I promise I'll tell you a bunch more Trump stuff. That's <laughs> awesome. And you're doing the Comedy Cellar podcast coming up uh, next week, right? Yep. I'll be on the Comedy Cellar podcast next week. That airs, I believe, on Thursday nights at 7 p.m., uh, and I think the Comedy Channel, whatever, the Comedy Central Channel, you know, there's like 10 of them there, but listen for it and you'll find it. Awesome. Noel, thank you so much for, for being with me today. You got it, Justin. Talk to you soon. Keep in touch, man. Thanks to Noel Castle for being my guest. Uh, thanks to you guys for listening Thanks to that one guy out there who got a tattoo of my face on his back, Roger Stone, Nixon style. When I say that one guy, I mean uh, my dad. I really appreciate you doing that, dad. And uh, anyway, guys, uh, subscribe to the podcast, Justin News Podcast. Check it out, justinnewspod.com. Check out all the other ones we've done. And most importantly, remember to spay and neuter the Republican agenda.